You hate to use the term must-win game, but for this Indiana football team, it certainly feels that way this week against Maryland. Uh, 3.30 kick this Saturday on uh, ESPNU. Hey, everybody, what's up? I'm Stu Jackson, your host of Heard on the Hoosier for uh, episode 15, looking ahead here to uh, the Hoosiers contest with the Terrapins at home this weekend in Bloomington at Memorial Stadium. And again, Sam, this is, uh, of course, I'm joined by Sam Bysize in our uh, all-around uh, talented, multi-talented writer. So, uh, again, drop the uh, just football guy thing because he does more than that. Obviously, we want to make sure we recognize that. But to put an end to the rambling, we've talked about this quite a bit today already, and it's only as of recording this podcast noon Friday. But, again, you hate to use the term must win, but I don't know if there's any other way you can describe this Saturday's game if, if you're uh, – Indiana. You and literally everybody else on thehoosier.com. I ran a poll the other day. I put it in our forums. I said, quite, I just said, is Maryland a must-win game? I was thinking, you know, percentage-wise, I bet half and half. Some people think yes. Yeah, some people think no. No, it was 75-4 to 4 in favor of yes, this is a must-win game. So I think I think it's pretty clear on the uh, the fan side of things. Uh, that that the game this weekend against Maryland is is going to be a must win, uh, a game that Indiana would have to win to go to a bowl. Whether or not that's true, again, I've, I'm not even going to not even going to harp on it anymore. APR thing, maybe five wins get you in. But yeah, if the Indiana wants to win six games this year, you have to imagine this is one of those ones they have to win. There's no other looking around it. Well, and again, don't like looking ahead too much, but in this situation. You kind of have to, uh, given Indiana's position right now. Um, again, they've lost three in a row. They've got Maryland Saturday. They're at Rutgers on uh, November 5th. Host Penn State on November 12th. At Michigan on November 19th. And then, of course, close out the season at home on November 26th against Purdue. Penn State had a pretty impressive win uh, over Ohio State when Ohio State was ranked number two in the nation. Yes. Uh, that was a home victory for Penn State and uh, Happy Valley. But, I mean, you look at these games and, I mean, Rutgers and Purdue are, I, I think it's safe to say those are winnable games, even for an Indiana team with an offense struggling as mightily as uh, it is. No doubt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if Indiana wants to meet the minimum bowl eligibility, and, yes, there are some five and seven teams that get in. Personally, I don't think that counts. I think it's ridiculous <laughs> to, you know, that they're even considered. But, Again, that's another conversation for another day. Uh, this is one of three winnable games essentially left on Indiana's schedule in order for them to get to that six-win mark. I mean, I again, what, what, what I, how else could would you categorize it? I don't think you can. Yeah, no, you can't. And I just don't trust this Indiana team to get hot. Like, it, it, let's say they do lose this weekend uh, and they do have to beat Penn State, Rutgers, and Purdue with the loss of Michigan mixed in there. I just don't see this this team as a group that can win three or four games. I, I, I know they won four in a row last year to start the season, obviously, in the non-conference before winning the last two of the year against, uh, what was it, that was Maryland and, uh, and Purdue to get into the pinstripe bowl. But historically, this team hasn't been one that can say, hey, we're going to rattle off a bunch of wins in a row here. We're going to win three of four, four of five, five of six. They just don't do that and I don't know if it's a matter of carrying momentum from one week to the next I, I think that's that's usually more a 
an exposure of lack of talent. I think that you can't carry it over from one week to the next like that and start building momentum like you can with some of these programs. Maybe it's just a, a product of football is hard. I don't know. But, yeah, if you don't win this weekend, you have to feel really bad about getting to six wins. You have to feel really bad about getting to five wins, quite frankly, because Purdue, I've said it before, I'm saying it again, Purdue's got some pieces there. And with a new head coach, interim head coach, you know, with Daryl Hazel being on a beach somewhere, presumably right now, it being a rivalry game, there's a lot that can happen in that last game of the year. Rutgers kept up with Minnesota. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen. They, they have, especially that Purdue game, I mean, Purdue would have nothing to lose in that. Even if, they, if they're at the bottom of the Big Ten, they've got the bucket to play for. They've got a, what? Three three game lose bucket game losing streak to yeah. IU. Um, yeah, if current freshmen uh, or current seniors on this campus have no idea what it's like to see Indiana football lose to Purdue. Yeah, so I mean, you know, if, if it got to that point, Purdue would certainly have a lot to play for, and it certainly wouldn't be a team that you count out despite their struggles. But anyway, we're getting uh, big picture. pretty pretty far ahead, pretty big picture, a lot of forecasting here. Let's talk about the immediate future. This is a Maryland team that I think is vastly improved compared to years past. They hired uh, former Michigan defensive coordinator DJ Durkin to lead this program, and he's done a pretty phenomenal job. He's got them at 5-2, and two, um, win over, um, I think, Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan's, it was Michigan State last weekend, 28-17. Their two losses came in the previous two weeks. That was Penn State and Minnesota. If we're looking at the other four wins, uh, the fighting Howard University. FIU, a mutual opponent, they beat them 41-14. Indiana, of course, escaped with a win in Miami. They also beat UCF in another close one, 30-24. And they just stomped over Purdue, 50-7. So, yeah, this is a Maryland team that... that has won five games, like you said. There, there's no discounting that. Hasn't been the greatest of opponents. Hasn't really proven themselves other than last week against Michigan State. Everybody seems like they can beat Michigan State. It's an improved team. It's a team that's near the top of the conference in both defense and offense, most statistical categories. They don't get beat in the red zone, third best red zone defense. We are just looking at that. And Michigan's only allowed six trips to the red zone, which just blows my mind. They're ranked number two. That's neither here nor there. But that's just ridiculous. Uh but no, it's a Maryland team that's playing rather well under DJ Durkin. Uh, they got the program trending in the right direction, and they're looking at this game and saying, much like Indiana, this isn't a must-win, but it's a God that'd be really good to win because they got to play the big boys in Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska before ending the year against Rutgers, which is kind of like the same as as Purdue in Indiana's eyes, where well, this Rutgers team could beat you. So Maryland is certainly looking at Indiana and saying, if we can win this game, we're sitting pretty. We'll go take our bowl game with Coach Durkin. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, at at the same time, this is a Maryland team that, to be quite honest, hasn't really been challenged. I mean, you look at the non-conference schedule, which, again, Indiana's isn't much stronger. It's not. Um, <laughs> but Maryland's played Howard, Florida International, and Central Florida. They opened the season with a 50-7 uh, win over Purdue. Uh, and then their two, arguably their two toughest opponents, uh, Penn State and Minnesota, both of those were uh, – Double-digit losses, 24-point uh, loss to Penn State, that one 38-14, 21-point loss to Minnesota, and that one was uh, in Maryland, 31-10. to uh, Again, decent-looking win over Michigan State, but again, with the down year that they're kind of having, 
the wins over that team are looking less and less impressive as the weeks go by. So, you know, it's, 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 I mean, is it a much improved team? Yeah, I think so. But I think you also kind of have to look at the schedule and realize that this team really hasn't been challenged too greatly based on, you know, this, the strength of its schedule here in the first half of the season. Here's one for you. Do you have any idea where Howard university is located? Uh, I know their mascot's the Bison. They, so they the got to be in what Washington D.C. Dang, Stu, that's right. I'm impressed. I was trying to prove a point that I had my coffee this morning. I, I'm shocked that you knew that. I had no idea. I looked that one up and I said, "Well, small private school in Washington D.C." Had no idea. Well, I think uh, Antoine Bethay, former Colts safety, um, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. There, I think I don't know. So, again. If somebody will probably correct me on that, either on our message boards or on Twitter. Either way. But regardless, a um, couple of stats that really stand out to me uh, with this Maryland team. Again, even with the uh, kind of mostly lax uh, schedule they've had so far, uh, 16th in the nation uh, in rushing yards per game, averaging 2496 and they also had a freshman, their uh, first-ever freshman of the week honors. Uh, Lorenzo Harris, really talented running back, had his first career 100-yard game uh, against the Spartans last week. Uh, Michigan State's also got the uh, third-best red zone defense in the conference, and I think they're 78th overall in the country, but Indiana's is fifth-worst in, fifth <laughs> in the nation. So, um Again, the th- really, to me, it, it starts with, well, I guess we'll get into keys to success a little bit later, but that that's just sort of, um, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for reasons to be confident in Saturday's game, those are two areas where, I mean, even with an improved Indiana defense and the struggling offense makes you kind of a little nervous. Yeah, and you look at this offense, whether or not the quarterback thing fixes itself this week, who knows? Kevin Wilson was pretty adamant. We talked about that a little bit earlier that Richard Lego's the quarterback. He's, he's not going to change. I think it was Mike Miller at the Herald Times asks, you know, is any, any question on, on the quarterback this week? And it was only like a six or seven word yeah, Wilson response. Is, like, yeah, Rich, Rich, he's the guy or right. something like that. Yeah, that's it. Rich. He, not very long. He's, he, it's Rich. And whether or not there's any truth to that, I don't know. We were also told that Dan Feeney was practicing pretty extensively the last six weeks and it turns out it was only two weeks ago he started practicing so what you hear and what's true two different things uh but no it's it's a situation where if they don't get their quarterback situation figured out this week if Richard Lego isn't playing well you're fighting an uphill battle all day and that's where this offense would just continue to be one of the least exciting things to watch on the face of the earth uh, quite frankly (laughs) Kevin Johns, Indiana's offensive coordinator, talked about it this week that it was just a matter of being off by inches and reviewing reviewing film and see, seeing on whether it was a route or a block, whatever it may be, just being off by a matter of inches. But in, in fairness, I mean, though that may be the case, those inches are starting to pile up yeah, into feet. Those feet are starting to pile up into what? Yards? Yards would be what, the next one. What, what, that would be the next thing? Yards turns into miles in our system i think right something like that i I don't know basically it's it's starting to add up and um it's it's getting to the point where you're really not sure you know what if anything is going to help this offense i mean i kind of touched on this a little bit in in some of the uh 
message board posts that it seems like, um, well, I think you did a good job of kind of highlighting this too with some of the advanced stats, but really it, it sort of started with the off, it starts with the offensive line not executing up to its normal standard like it normally does in the past. Yeah, the offensive line has been poor. I, I mean, we, we talked about this line not looking good with Dan Feeney out, so I started to look into it. You know, what are okay, what, what are we actually doing? And the folks at Football Outsiders do a really good job of, of putting together advanced stats on offensive lines, which exist, uh, apparently. I, go figure. And they look a lot at the running game. Like the, There was a few numbers that stood out. They ranked like 105 in the country in uh, opportunity rate, which is when five yards are deemed available on the ground, how often do they get those five yards? So basically if there was room for five, did your running back get five yards? They credit that to the offensive line because they hold their block. Indiana was terrible in that ranking near the bottom of the country. Another one was – the concerning one was stuff rate, which is the amount of times your running back gets stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage. Indiana was 107 in that category, I think, out of 131 teams registered, even though it's, I don't know what they well, take into and, account. And real quick with, with that rate, is that from least amount of times? Like let's say if I'm the top-ranked team – I'd have the few. That would mean that the the offensive line, my offensive line, is blocking well enough that my running the running back is not yes. getting is getting stopped the fewest times behind Correct. the line. Yeah, Indiana's okay. Indiana's running back has the most times percentage wise stopped or hit behind the line of scrimmage. So that's that's the case where you talk about Divine Redding having nowhere to go. There you go. <laughs> There's your evidence of that. It's not a good group of of players right now just in terms of overall production greg fry hates to single out anybody in particular any singular guy he just basically said we're not playing well pass pass rush i mean pass blocking they're fine they, they rank very average in those categories but they just can't run the ball uh and kind of moving forward a little bit ahead to the defensive side of the things uh speaking of good things can't run the ball northwestern couldn't run the ball against indiana last week in the second half where they allowed the 37 yards uh is this a case of Indiana needs to just have that second half defense this week against Maryland to win, or was that first half reason to be concerned last week? Uh, I think the second. I, I'll kind of flip it around a little bit. I think that second half actually gives you optimism that uh, they can turn it around. But I think we also learned from last Saturday's game against Northwestern that they absolutely cannot go three and out. However many times they did, I mean, they can just in general they can't have the slow starts that they had against the Wildcats. It put the offense in a hole. It put the defense in a really bad position because normally adjustments that, you know, maybe they can wait until halftime to make, suddenly they're making, what, three or four minutes into the game because Clayton Thorson is throwing three touchdown passes in the first mm-hmm. half. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, we'll see more of the second half defense this week, but I think it also depends on the offense not – shooting itself in the foot so often early on. As it quite frankly, it, it did often. And that's that's kind of your major issue. Uh, big big key this weekend, Stu, what's what's gonna happen for Indiana to win this game? Um really they just need to uh get the offense going. Again, you know, don't mean to sound like a broken record here, but it's been what, almost uh, a month now that this offense has been struggling and you know, like we were saying, those inches are turning into feet, those feet are turning into yards and it's really slowing down the offense to the point where they're struggling early and again putting a defense the a much much improved defense one of the best IU defenses probably in a generation in 
some major holes. So uh, for me, it's going to be a fast start for the offense. Um, I think also too having maybe having uh, somebody who uh, serves as a dynamic playmaker or makes those dynamic slash competitive plays. Because I mean, we were talking about the offensive line. I was thinking about this, and you know, I thought maybe that's what's hurting this offense. But again, if you go back to the offensive line play, even if they did have that dynamic playmaker at full strength, which in all likelihood this season would have been Camion Patrick as you know what as Jordan Howard was to this team last season and Tevin Coleman the year before right but again back to your point um, got to start fast if you're the offense can't can't afford to uh, bury bury yourself and then bury the defense along with you I, I agree with you I think that's just that's just where they're at um, I, I mean I'll change it up a little bit because I don't want to just repeat the same thing you you said I'd throw another key in actually somewhere we haven't really looked too often this year in the special teams. I think if you can return some kicks, return some punts, get Mitchell Page more involved. At this point, Mitchell Page is maybe your most dynamic playmaker on the field any given snap. If he can rattle one off, bring one home for a score, quite frankly, I mean, that's obviously the ideal thing. But just we talk about the defense giving the offense short field of turnovers. If they could give the offense short field of Mitchell Page running a punt back 30, 40 yards – that can completely change the momentum, the dynamics. If Mitchell Page returns a punt thirty yards from his own thirty, put him in the uh, put him in the Maryland at the Maryland thirty. No matter what the offense does, you'll have a chance to kick a field goal, assuming he don't lose a bunch of yards with the sack or being stuffed at the line, which Indiana has done. But the point being, that special teams unit could be what wakes Indiana's offense up. We put a lot of pressure on the defense to do that. It could just be Mitchell Page returning a punt. Yeah, I would say that, or even um, I mean, they've what the last two games they've blocked a kick on special teams they have you know? yeah a so, punt and a kick ricky jones blocking a uh, a punt versus uh northwestern i think it, maybe. it was another punt it was it was and then it was it was chase dutra so they're both punts both punts yeah two punt blocks so they've had two punt blocks over the last couple of weeks so i mean at this point um you know you like maybe indiana's special teams chances of of getting good field position for the offense or getting them you know, coming up with a play to get them in good field position rather than the offense getting itself into that position on its own. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So what do you got this weekend? Will Indiana win this must-win game uh, that we've deemed, according to our board, or will Indiana lose this must-win game and suddenly be in a must-win situation next week and, and keep that going? Uh, who do you got? You know what? I've got Maryland 35-14, to 14, and I know that seems Woo! I know that seems kind of harsh, but – Again, I, the, this offense has struggled so much. It's just it's difficult to place a lot of confidence in it, whether or not it has good field position. I mean, we've seen it over the last three, four weeks that you know, whether it's been a takeaway from the defense or the special teams setting them up. Um, I mean, they just have not been converted on very key opportunities. Uh, very, um, I don't know, just convenient field position for lack of a better way of describing it so uh until i unless i see anything different from the offense this saturday uh just again i i I feel like i'm we're going to be seeing more of the same this week where the defense is going to be trying to you know help the offense dig itself out of that proverbial hole and and it may just be too much i got that i'm going to play the role of optimist this week apparently and that's a rare thing uh, for me, so this is a big step in my life. Uh, I say Indiana wins 24-16. Uh, I think the offense does kind of briefly 
snap out of his funk. I think Mitchell Page does do something on special teams. Maybe he returns a kick, does something. I don't know what. And the defense just holds steady, and, and it gets Indiana a win when they need it. I still don't think this is a bowl team. I think they could find plenty of ways to lose it uh, in these last few weeks. I, I was kicking myself for picking Indiana when I hit send in our weekly staff prediction email to Jordan Wells. I hit send, and I said, man, I think I might be wrong this week. But, no, I got Indiana winning 24-16 I, in a game where there's not a ton of pressure because you have a few weeks left, but knowing you need a win – now more than ever. I think Kevin Wilson's group gets it done. We'll see what happens. We'll have plenty of coverage this weekend on uh, our website, indiana.rivals.com, or as we like to call it, thehoosier.com. Uh, again, already plenty of coverage up from throughout the week. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of a slow week, but, you know, we're, you know, news-wise, but you know what? We're getting there, and, there again, there will still be plenty for the good folks who subscribe or just frequent our site to uh, read up on or listen to in the case of this podcast prior to uh, Saturday's game. So anyway, for Sam Bysizen, I'm Stu Jackson. We thank you so much for listening. Have a good one.